We're pressing on in. We're pressing toward the mark. We're moving on up. Higher we're going. We're going from one degree of glory. (laughs) That's where we're heading. We're going from one degree of glory to the next. Hallelujah. Strength to strength. Victory to victory. (laughs) Faith to faith. Glory to God. What you doing? We're pressing on. We're pressing in. We're moving up. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we're doing. Glory. Turn your Bibles to 3 John 2. 3 John 2. Now, Father, we thank you for this glorious opportunity that we have today to gather together in your name. To lift up our voice in one accord. To look into your holy word. Speak to us, we pray today, by your word and by your spirit. Thank you for granting utterance. May each ear be open and each heart be receptive to what you would say to us this day. And we glorify you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Glory to God. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle of love. Man of God, who they tried to boil in oil, then they put him over on the Isle of Patmos, thinking they'd get rid of him, said this. He said, Beloved, I wish, or I pray, that's my sincere pray, that you may prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Prosperity and divine health is in direct proportion to your soul prospering. Now your soul is not your spirit and your soul is not your body. Over there in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, for example, I want you to look at that. He said, and the very God of peace, say it with me, he's the God of peace. Satan wants to disrupt your peace. He wants to bring intrusive thinking into your mind so that you would walk around living beneath your rights and privileges in Christ. But the very God of peace, hallelujah, he's got sanctifying power. He's got separating power. Amen. He can keep you far from oppression where fear does not come nigh thee because you are established in your right standing with God. Oh, glory. The very God of peace sanctify you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 Sanctify you holy. Sanctify in power. And the very God of peace sanctify you holy. That means entirely. That doesn't mean partially. His sabontele kesito la valendi kisolaponenene. His sanctifying power is here to do a thorough work in you, not just in your spirit, but also in your mind. Yea, let the spirit of sanctification saturate you and work His will in your life. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, thoroughly. 
and I pray. Now, that's interesting now. John prayed, I pray that you'd prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Then Paul prays, and I pray that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless until the Lord returns. Now, I'm not sure what the Amplified Version says, but it's in the same neighborhood. The point I want to get over to you today is there is sanctifying power from the God of peace for your soul, for your mind, for your will, for your emotions. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy to the mosevre di neste, to disrupt the well-being of people's minds, wills, and emotions. He comes as a thief to rob you of your very peace. But yea, saith the Lord, I am on your side, and I'm with you, and I'm for you. So yield to me, and the enemy will flee. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Yield to me. Yield to me. And you know, keep that up there. When, when the Spirit says yield to me, He's saying yield to my Spirit. Yield to my Son. When you're yielding to Him, you're yielding to His Word. Because yielding to him is yielding to his word because him and his word are one. You cannot separate him from his word. He am the word. And in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And the word was with God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by the word and without him was not anything made that was made. All right, so you got to preach a little, you know. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Now notice, be preserved sound. He's not coming back after an unsound church. Be preserved sound and complete and found blameless until he returns. Hallelujah. Now let's look over at 2 Timothy 1.7 and let's look at the Amplified Version. God is interested in your soul prospering. He does not want you tossing and turning at night, worrying and fretting, reasoning and figuring on how he's going to do something. Or whether he will do something or not. All worry, all fretting, all anxiety is anti-Christ. I know that's a strong statement, but it's true. I didn't say you were the anti-Christ. But every thought, every imagination... Every suggestion that he brings to pull you down is an anti-anointing and anti-Christ thought. 
But we don't have to be afraid of that. Hallelujah. What of the Antichrist? We've got the Christ. I said we got the Christ living in us. And greater is the Christ living in us than the Antichrist that's in the world. Now notice this in 2 Timothy 1.7. For God, talking about the God of peace, He didn't give you a spirit of timidity. He didn't make you a sissy. Oh my Lord. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. Of cowardice. Of craving and cringing and fawning fear. But what did he give you? You know, if he didn't give us that, what did he give you? What did he give you? Well, let's look over here now. What did he give us here? He gave us a spirit of power and a love and of a worried and anxious mind. Is that what he came to give us? Did he come to give us a worried and anxious mind? You know, if God were to give us that, where would he get it from? Think about it. If God were to give you a worried and anxious mind, he'd have to borrow it from the devil. My Lord, you know the devil's nervous. You got to know that cat's nervous. You got to know he's nervous. His, he knows that his day's coming. He knows that his time is short. And that's why he's walking about as a roaring lion seeking who he may devour and get to buy in to his lies. His program is to wear you down and wear you out. But God... <laughs> we better get over on the God side now. But God. But who? God. Woo, glory. What kind of God do we serve? We serve a good God. We serve a big God. We serve a God of peace. But God has given me and you a calm and well-balanced mind And discipline and self-control. Oh, thank you, Lord. God has made available for his children in his kingdom who are his kingdom kids, who are kings and priests unto God, he has made available a spirit of peace, a spirit of calmness, and a spirit of a well-balanced mind. For the kingdom that you and I are in, it's not a kingdom of worry. It's not a kingdom of condemnation. It's a kingdom of righteousness. And what else? Peace. Well, you're not convinced. Turn over to Romans 14, verse 17. It's one thing to preach it. It's another thing to see it and believe it. And it's another thing to say it. Amen? All right, let's feed on this for a while. After all, 
The kingdom of God is not a matter of getting the food and drink one likes. But instead, the kingdom of God is righteousness. That state which makes a person acceptable, God, and peace and joy. Where? Somebody says it's in the Holy Ghost. Well, where do you think you are? If you're born again, where do you think the Holy Ghost is? The Holy Ghost isn't out here floating around today. Oh yeah, He's omnipresent, but you know what? The Holy Ghost lives in each and every one of you that have called on the name of the Lord. And His kingdom is a kingdom of peace. He carries peace. Now look over at Galatians chapter 5, and let's look at verse 22. Galatians, the fifth chapter, 22nd verse, talks about the fruit of the recreated human spirit. The fruit of the spirit, the work which his presence within you accomplishes, it's love, it's joy, it's peace. Love, joy, and peace. And then six others. Peace is not something that you have to get from out here. Peace is something you draw from, from in here. You can have peace in your spirit and yet turmoil in your soul. You can have peace in your spirit and yet have a mind that is so busy with the spirits of this world and spirits of this age that it's almost like you're not even born again because there's so much worrying and fretting and fearing going on. That is why you and I must draw from the peace of God that's on the inside and let it rule in our heart so that it begins to affect our thinking. It begins to affect our walking. It begins to affect our talking. It begins to affect the way that we live. You're a child of the Prince of Peace. And may the God of Shalom be with you all. May the God of nothing missing and may the God of nothing broken be with each and every one of you. Draw now from what I've provided for you, says the Lord. Neglect not one day longer what I've provided in you. The peace is in you. Now let it rule. Let it dominate. Let it be preeminent in your life. Cast down every imagination. Every suggestion that comes from the evil one. And bring it now into captivity to the obedience of my word. For the Lord would say, I've given you mighty weapons. And the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. But they are so mighty for the pulling down of strongholds. See, the, the, the religion would have you think that a stronghold is something that it isn't. Satan's strongholds are in the mind. They're strongholds that we picked up through education. There are strongholds that we picked up through entertainment. There are strongholds that we picked up through religious parenting, if you would. 
There are strongholds that are contrary to the Word of God. And the Bible does not say that we are to entertain them, but we are to cast them down. I think it's interesting, my friends, that he said cast them down because they don't belong up here. They belong down here. The reason why you are to cast them down is because you serve the most high God. He is the most low devil trying to exalt himself above the word of God. So cast the most low down under your feet where he belongs. Amen. Amen. Under my feet, yeah. Hallelujah. You are and I am what we behold. What we look at continuously becomes a part of Like Creflo Dollar says, the city of our soul. What we fix our mind on, what we give heed to, what we behold is what we become. What you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. Say that over here. What you behold is what you become. And what you put your mind on, you open your spirit to. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? So it does then become a very serious matter that we don't allow ourselves to be open-minded to where the spirit of the world is concerned. There are too many open-minded Christians. And by that I mean, they're too open to worldliness. They're too open to the entertainment of this age. Pastor, I can watch that. It won't affect me. That's what you think. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. All these, you know, I don't want to go in depth in it, but you think about all of the perverse crimes and all of the, the, the terrible things, the movie theater in Colorado, Columbine, all those things. They are tracking a lot of those perverse, violent murders and a lot of that mass killing. They're tracking that to what people have looked on for years. And of course, you know, they'll tell you the word. Listen, they're going to tell you that that music won't affect you because they're selling it to you. And the philosophers of the sage, now do you suppose there's any connection? Duh! How as muistapido can you get? You notice that I got it down, sepido, not do, though. What you behold is what you become. So then it becomes our responsibility to protect our minds. 
Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. It is not automatic, but on the other hand, it's not difficult. It's something that you can do. It's something that you can control. And it's something that you can stop with the Word of God and with some diligence on your part. Now let's go quickly over to Philippians 4, verse 6. Philippians, the fourth chapter, the sixth verse. You getting anything yet? Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Look at here now. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now look at it in the Amplified Version. Do not fret or have any anxiety about what? Anything. Will fretful thoughts, worried thoughts... Anxious thoughts present themselves to your soul. They absolutely will. That's not a sin. Where it becomes a stronghold is where you let it in. And you let it in by thinking about it. By taking it. Instead of capturing those thoughts, those thoughts in a sense have captured you. But the Bible says... Don't fret. Well, pastor, if I'm not going to worry, what am I going to do? You're going to pray. If you're not going to worry, what are you going to do? You're going to pray. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance, your babies, your body, your clothing, your shelter, your loved ones, your nation, everything, everything. God's saying, don't you dare worry about anything, but in everything, pray. What a thought. In everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests. Say it with me, definite requests. A definite request is a specific request. It's not an Our Father or Hail Mary. It's not, let Lord bless us, John, us four, no more. Good night. No, it's something that is specific and something that aligns itself with the Word of God. The will of God is found in the Word of God. So by definite request. And then, once you've prayed, what are you to do? First of all, I'm not worried about nothing. I give it to you, Lord. Now I pray about it. And then when you're done praying, what do you do? You enter the password, right? What's the password? Thank you, Lord. I think we ought to just thank Him right now. That ain't good enough. I think we ought to really just thank Him right now. Well, I don't feel like it, Pastor. That's why it's a sacrifice of praise. Yeah, but I've got a secret praise in my heart. No, he says the fruit of your lips. Glory to God. 
giving thanks to his name. <laughs> Woo, I got a scripture for every one of them. The fruit of your lips. Amen. With thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Now, notice now what the result is. Verse, the next verse. Here's the next. This will happen. And God's peace. And God's peace shall be yours. Let's look at it in the King James Version. That's a little too wordy. I can tell some of you got that. It's after 12 look on your face. But I'm full of peace. I'm not worried about anything. (laughs) Amen. Verse 7. You've given it to God. You've prayed. You've thanked the Lord. And here's what happens. And the peace of God. Which passeth all understanding. Think about it. You guys and I have a peace that this world doesn't understand. When you should be worrying, when you should be falling apart, I mean, it's, it is supernatural. This peace that God gives you is supernatural peace. Jesus says, it's not as the world gives, give I unto you. You all know what the world's peace is about. It's fleeting, right? It's, 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 it's false. But the Bible says, the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Well, that's powerful. Yes, it is. Glory. It passes your understanding. It blows the devil's mind. When he shoots his best shot at you, and you're like this. Thank you, Lord. I'm full of peace. It'll keep your hearts, but not only will it keep your heart, but it'll keep your mind through Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, Jesus. And then now, this is important. Look at the next verse, King James Version. This is vital here. Uh, Because the devil wants to rob you of your peace. Right? Right? And so God then gives you a list this long. He gives you an assignment, a life assignment on what you and I are to think on. And if anything comes to the city of your soul or to your mind that doesn't line itself up with God's list, he says, bounce it out of there. Every soul, every mind needs a good bouncer. And here's the list. I want you to read it with me. Are you ready? Okay, ready, read. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue... And if there be any praise, think on these things. Do what? Now, if you get a bad report, what are you supposed to do? You're not supposed to think on it. Amen? The bad report is there. It may be very real. 
But instead of thinking on the bad report, it's not going to do you any good to worry. Think on that which is true, that which is pure, that which is lovely. Think on the things that are of good report. And if there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Now, Satan's a big mouth. He's a big mouth. In other words, he really likes to talk. He really, I mean, he really, really, really likes to talk. Talk, 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 talk. He likes to stir up strife, too. How many of you have ever seen that little game, Pac-Man? Well, that's the devil. <laughs> and he will bring torment to your mind. Fear, the Bible says, is tormenting or fear has torment. Okay? But when he speaks up, you be ready to speak up. Because for every lie... The law of reciprocals says this, for every deception, for every lie Satan has, on the other end of that is the truth of God's word. And so then it becomes our responsibility to become very familiar with the word of God says. And when he speaks up, you speak up. And if he persists, you persist. He came after the master three times. And three times Jesus said, it is written. It is written. And after that third time, when he said it was written, Satan packed up his duds and left. And he left him for another season. So if the enemy is persistent, we must be that much more persistent. If the enemy is going to press us and try to oppress us and bring us down we need to be that much more diligent to press on to press in and to move in and to move up in the things of God so the word that I have in my heart for you today is is what will you consider what have you been considering what are you allowing yourself to think on consider the word consider I looked it up in between services the word consider means this it means to fix one's eyes or mind upon it means to perceive or to remark To observe or to understand. It also means to consider attentively. To fix your eyes or to fix your mind upon. Now listen very carefully to me for just the next few minutes. Listen very carefully. Because I'm going to, for the sake of time, quote some things to you. And I want you to write them down and or, or get the CD. Listen very carefully. Abraham was known and is known as the father of faith, was he not? God desired to fulfill his covenant through his covenant partner, Abraham, through his friend. And so God spoke to Abraham and said, 
I have made you a father of many nations. Now the problem was, he was an old man. And the problem was, Sarah, her womb was dead. And she was nearly a hundred years old. And the Bible said, instead of considering the deadness of Sarah's womb, now about dead, he considered what God had said. He took his eyes off of Sarah and put his eyes on his father and what he said. And he considered that diligently. And as a result, the Bible says, Isaac was born. But the point I want you to see is this. It was a real test. It was a real challenge. He had the opportunity to consider one thing or to consider what God said. And you and I have those same opportunities day after day, do we not? Now, if you don't know what God said, you're at a disadvantage. And that is why we are a word church. A word and Holy Ghost church. So you can know the word and get the word and the word will make you free. But there is a battle between what you will consider. Amen. Now look at Hebrews 3.1. I want to point that out to you. Hebrews, the third chapter, the first verse. Say with me, I am considering my covenant. In considering your covenant, it will bring strength into your soul, amen, and it'll keep you steady and well-balanced in the last days. Now notice in verse 1 of Hebrews 3, it says, Wherefore, holy brethren and holy sisters too, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, interesting, Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So he's saying, you that are called of God, I want you to fix attentively and hold in your mind and in your thought life the apostle and high priest. The one Jesus who has been sent before the throne room of God on your behalf. I want you to consider him in his high priestly ministry today and what he's doing for you at the right hand of the Father. Listen, friends, God's got your back. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. He is the high priest of our profession. He is the superintendent and the bishop of our souls looking out for us. So as you get the word and receive the word and speak the word, your apostle and high priest is sent before the throne of God, watching over his word to perform it on your behalf. Oh my goodness, that's good news. Now listen, what we say on earth has an impact on what happens in heaven. Jesus said this. He said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father, which is in heaven. Amen? Now listen, 
If you will confess the word of God before all of the strongholds of the enemy that come your way, Jesus backs you up as your high priest. And he watches over his word to perform it on your behalf. But listen, we're co-laborers together with him. We do our part and he does his part. I like what Hebrews says. It says this, looking away from everything that would distract unto Jesus. In other words, consider Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of your faith. Amen. So I'm encouraging you today, heart of the bay. Consider what God's word says. Find the word. Treasure the word. Hide the word in your heart. Speak the word daily. And you will see great changes take place all around you. I think it's awesome to know that God is for me. And I think it's wonderful to know that this word in the Bible, in my heart, coming out of my mouth, can change and can move mountains and cause you and I to live a, a victorious life. Now listen. James says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Receive with meekness. What does that mean? Be teachable. Because this word will be engrafted into your spirit. And he says, this word is able to save your soul. Oh my gosh. The psalmist said it like this in Psalms 19. That the word of God is perfect. But he didn't stop there. He says it converts the soul. In other words, it'll change. It'll rearrange. It'll displace the enemy's thoughts. And it'll replace the goodness of God. And the word of God. And the peace of God. And it will change your life. Listen, friends. If you will change the way that you think, you will change your life. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. My mind was blown away from drugs. It was gone. You understand? It was gone. I could hardly have a straight thought for more than a second at a time. I was bombarded by satanic images, bombarded by satanic suggestions. But oh, the Word of God. Oh, But oh, the manna from heaven. All the riches of His glory. All the life in His Word came into my soul. And I can truly say, and I know you can truly say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Glory to God. He is in the restoring business. He is in the business of changing you. He is in the business of giving you a peace that will blow Satan right out of his own mind. 
So consider him. Consider his faithfulness. This book of the law, it shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate or consider, think upon, keep your mind upon. Thou shalt talk to thyself. Thou shalt meditate in it night and day. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. And then he said, as a result, you will make your way prosperous. Can I get a high five? You will make your way prosperous. Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Whose responsibility is it for your soul to prosper? Yours. You will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. When all the world is biting their fingernails, when all the world seems like it's going down the tubes, you and I are pressing in, we're pressing on, and we're moving up from glory to glory. Amen. Did you receive it today? Let's stand up and give God praise for His Word. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.